y'all. I'm kind of amped up. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden. This is the place where I walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. The reason I'm excited, this is the 300th episode, and it would not be here if it wasn't for my friend, Kat Lee, and her habit-building magic. But if we're 100% committed that, hey, first thing in the morning, these three things, no matter how much time I have, I'm going to make it a priority. When you have that tiny habit that you can do, no matter if you're sick, no matter if you're traveling, no matter where you are, no matter if you have your Bible or not, um, because you have the verse memorized or whatever, when you have a tiny habit like that and mix it with a 100% commitment to do that every single morning, it's going to be so much easier to keep going. And then if you also wrap all of that in grace for yourself, that the goal isn't perfection right now, but it's who you're going to be when you're 90 years old. Because stopping now isn't going to get you to be the person that you want to be when you're 90. But failing and starting and failing and starting is what's going to get you there. I'll get more into the story in this episode, but my story intersected with cats over 10 years ago when my friend Erin Morgan, who's been on this show, shout out to Erin, she saw I was struggling with lots of little kids and just really weary. And so she pointed me to Cat Lee and through Cat's help, her hello mornings, I began a habit. And that small thing, like Cat was just saying, has brought me so far in a decade. And so if you are in a weary spot, which I pulled a lot of you on Insta stories, you shared some really hard things. You're walking through so many similar hard things. You may need to know that today you can do a tiny thing that can transform your future self. And it is okay to do just one tiny thing. One example that Kat talks about is her three-minute morning. Three minutes, y'all, you can do that. We talk about a few other habits. We also talk about bad habits that might have formed in the last six months and how to notice them and transform them. You're going to love Kat is such a good storyteller. She has fantastic athletic analogies. Don't miss, at the end of the episode, I have a giveaway I want to tell you about. I'm giving away one of my favorite products that has helped me cultivate what matters. Hint, hint, wink, wink. All right, let's get right to it. Here we go. Kat Lee, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am so excited to be here. It's been a minute since I I didn't look it up. I'm sure someone will for me, but I feel like it was the right time to have another conversation because we're all kind of stuck and depleted and we need momentum. And when I first met you, you had inspired action was your site and it did inspire me to action. And now you lead hello mornings and that was a game changer for me. And so if we have listeners who have never heard of you which is so upset about that. I've done not done my job <laughs> or don't, you know, already know about Hello Mornings. Will you just do a quick intro to you and your family? Absolutely. Yeah. So my name is Kat Lee and I live in Waco, Texas, and I am a wife of, you know, I think 21 years. I kind of, I'm one of those wives, you know, some wives know the exact year. I really wish that I'd gotten married in the year 2000 because then I would just always know. <laughs> 
you know, was you 99. Just, so you just, you know, yeah. you just mm-hmm. add one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, so it's been like 21, 22 years. And then we have three kids, a 13 year old, a 16 year old and an 18 year old. And I wrote a book called Hello Mornings and I have a site called Hello Mornings. It's a website where we have a blog, but we also have a community where I do lots of training on habit building and how to build a morning routine that's not just for the sake of having a morning routine, but that helps you connect with Jesus and to his purpose for your life and to walk that out as well. So that's pretty much me in a little nutshell. So what we're hoping today, y'all, is I don't know if you need more acknowledgement that you're in a hard place, but we get it. We feel you. Kat, you get it. Absolutely. You are working from home. You have kids that are distance learning. Yes. Yeah. I actually have a, I have a homeschooler, like full on homeschooling. Okay. I have a virtual schooler who has COVID right now. So there's that. And then I have a a college student in a super weird college situation. So we're doing lots of interaction. So (laughs) I, I may not have toddlers in this season of my life. Yeah. But it feels like the same energy level (laughs) is required. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, I would say we are feeling um, exhausted and depleted, but I also think we're feeling really overwhelmed mm-hmm. because it's a season when everything feels important. And when we feel overwhelmed, I think we tend to do one of two things. We either get paralyzed and we do nothing yeah. or we do anything to make it feel like we're doing something, but we're not doing anything important. Like as a writer, if you've ever like organized your spice drawer, <laughs> instead of working on something, you just do it because it makes you feel like you're doing something it has nothing to do with what you need to do. But, you know, we can feel depleted, but I think overwhelm is probably the biggest thing that a lot of us are feeling because we just don't know what am I supposed to be focusing on because there's so many things we could be focusing on. Yeah. Figuring out what's important mm-hmm. for you right now. And especially when you hear... You know, there's there's enough info out there telling people like do these three things or do this seven things or if you're going to be a good mom you need to blah 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 and it puts you in shutdown like you said yes completely um, or you end up doing mindless things so how do we even figure out what's important to us you know I think that I'm going to use an analogy because I like analogies and I like sports and I feel like it wouldn't be a true conversation (laughs) if I didn't bring in sports and analogies because I am currently wearing the Cubs hat you gave me that is my Uh, all-time favorite hat. So if you imagine a quarterback on the football field and you imagine in the olden days when there was a stadium full of people, all the armchair quarterbacks saying, throw it to so-and-so, run it. You know, they're telling, all telling him exactly what to do. But the one thing that he needs to do, he he could even go with his own judgment, maybe. But what he needs to do is listen to his coach because his coach has the information from the coaches that can kind of see the the bird's eye view of what's happening. The coach knows what the other coach is planning and knows what's going to happen next. And I think that's true with us as well. We can feel like we need to listen to all the voices screaming at us, whether it's our kids, whether it's work, whether it's family or relationship situations, whether it's our own depression, whatever it might be, we could listen to all those things. But I think if we just take a moment and we say, God what's on your heart for me today? And we just take a moment and listen. He's going to be faithful to speak that peace and that encouragement and that direction that we need. It might not be every day we have this great epiphany, but I think there's so much power in just saying, God, I recognize and acknowledge that you know me, my situation, the people that I interact with, 
better than anyone. And I'm going to take one moment in the morning to acknowledge that and to bring everything before you and submit it to you and listen to what you have to say. And I know from my own life, there have been realizations that I've had and things that I've been prompted to do that I never would have thought of on my own that really changed the trajectory of a situation or my day or relationship. And I think it's easy to underestimate the impact that taking that moment with him can have on our lives. And I like that you say moment because as part of Hello Mornings and as part of even your book, you have a three-minute morning, yes. which feels doable. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like moms, you, they tell me, I can't get up any earlier. I'm up all night with a newborn or a toddler or my husband, I mean, my husband snores, whatever it is, like I'm not losing more sleep and getting up earlier. And so they just discount the whole thing. but. That feels very invitational and doable. Tell us about the three-minute morning. Well, let me tell you the best thing. You actually don't even need to get out of bed. That's I, I do encourage it because, you know, inertia. <laughs> is a sleep. Yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah you, mm -hmm. you want to have that inertia of getting up and getting out. But there have been many times, many times where I just, I'll wake up, I'll do my three-minute morning, and it just jumpstarts my day. So the idea is with Hello Mornings, we focus on three things in a morning routine, and that's God time because there's nothing more important than our relationship with him. Plan time, because if God has a purpose for our lives, then he has a purpose for our months, weeks, days, today. So I want to submit my plans to him today. And then move time. We want to make choices that give us the energy to follow where he's leading us. So I hope I can communicate that that's all tied together. It's not like we're just doing our relationship with God, check the box. We are planning and being productive, check the box. We are moving and being healthy, check the box. Instead, they're all interrelated and based on the concept that we want to follow Jesus every moment of every day, and we need to do these three things to do that. So the three-minute morning, super simple. It's just the first minute, you just wake up, and you can um, pull this verse up on your phone. You can have it written on a note card, but for me, I use Psalm 143.8, and it just simply says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. So it's really just the idea of I wake up and I'm like, God, this verse, whether I have the words for it or not myself, uh, exhibits the prayer of my heart. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Let me wake up and remember your love for me. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. I'm not entrusting it to myself. I'm not entrusting it to what social media says. I'm entrusting my life to you. And just taking that first minute and praying that verse out of the sincerity of your heart and just taking a moment to listen to whatever he might prompt in your heart in response. And that's the first minute. Uh, then the second minute is plan time. So I just pray over my calendar. And I'll, if I remember things, I'll say, okay, yeah, I remember I a chat with Heather today, or my son has Taekwondo, and I'll just take a moment too to say, God, is there anything that needs to come off of my to-do list today? Anything that's really of me and not of you? And that's just the second minute. Pray over your calendar and your to-do list. And then the third minute is move time. And this can be something as simple as just laying there and taking 10 deep breaths, or drinking a glass of water if you have a water bottle on your nightstand or just even while you're laying in bed, doing some stretches. I think it's easy in our current society to forget the impact of just actually slowing down and oxygenating our body or um, stretching and getting the blood flowing, how that can impact our energy level and kind of get us jump-started. So 
that's pretty much the three-minute morning. It's just three minutes, three simple things. You can do them in bed, and there is so much power in just doing a tiny habit like that. It doesn't mean that you check that box off and then you're not going to talk to God at all the rest of the day. It just <laughs> means, you know, it just means, okay, these are the mo- these are important things in my life. This is how I want to start my day, and it kind of jump starts you for a mindset towards those things the rest of the day. Okay, so I don't know where your brain is around that. Like if you have discounted morning time because you just didn't feel like you could do it or it's so different than how you currently function. But I'll tell you in a season when I was totally drowning in children and overwhelm, a friend of mine told me about cats. Maximize your mornings is what it was called back then. (laughs) And I started really small and cat was my accountability leader via Twitter back in the day when Twitter was a little different than it is now. And this habit started forming and I kind of loved it. And then I got the flu, which was the big deal pre-COVID and was so, so, so sick. And I missed several days and I thought, well, there, I tried. I knew I wasn't a person who could do a habit like that was kind of the message I told myself. See, you know, I'm not a morning person or I'm not someone who can be disciplined and wouldn't you know, Miss Cat Lee reached out to me through private message and said, hey, I noticed you haven't been checking in. Is everything okay? She's like, well, hope we can see you back here on Monday. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I'm not out. <laughs> I'm not discounted. I can still be a morning morning waker-upper who has a, a little bit of time with God. And uh, it was it was just something I hadn't experienced in a habit, like the grace to try again. And I think last week I heard this analogy and it stuck with me. Often we view habits uh, as the law, like the Old Testament law. We get out um, on January 1st, we make our list of all the things we're going to change in our life. And just like the Israelites with the Mosaic law, we try to hold to it. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to muscle my way through. I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to accomplish these things. And most of the Old Testament is revealing that that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's not out of our own efforts and strength that we're able to keep the law. And that's why Jesus came because we couldn't do it. And so Jesus reminds us, just like even that verse you quoted, Kat, that It is only through his unfailing love and the work Christ did on the cross that the law's already been accomplished. These things, this morning uh, God plan move is not to earn God's favor or be right with him. It is a gift to us. Yes. It's something that, that helps us, like you said, realign my day with the one who created the universe rather than I'm doing this to be approved by men. So I, I'm a big fan and I know you study habits and how they form. And so I don't want to poo poo habits because like me, you've maybe failed in the past and you're like, I'm just not someone who can change my habits. I know Kat, I'd love to hear some of like, you have so many nuggets about habit building, but help the person who maybe is discounting themselves and thinking I can't do something new. I am stuck in this place. I have no energy to do anything different than I'm currently doing, but I know what I'm doing right now is not working. Yeah. Well, can I jump in first? And and just, I think the perspective that we have on 
how who God is impacts whether or not we feel like we should start again. Because it's one thing to start again for us. It's another thing to start again and feel like maybe God's mad at us. Mm. And kind of the example that I like to use is I have a uh, a son. He's my youngest. He's always been my, you know, my little one. He's not so little anymore. But, you know, if I was heading out the door, he's a very um, affectionate kid. And if I was heading out the door and he's like, hey, mom, can I, can I have a hug before you go? And he loves Risk. He loves Settlers of Catan, all those, you know, games that take an eternity to play. And if I turned to him and said, bud, man, you know, I love you. But you know what? I don't have time to play risk right now. So instead, I'm not even going to acknowledge you. I'm not even going to look at you. I'm just going to go ahead and go throughout my day and get stuff done. You know, he'd be a little sad. <laughs> that would make me kind of an awful mom. But how often have I done that when I've maybe failed at my time with God or I don't have enough time? I said, God, well, I can't do it perfectly so I'm not going to do it. And then it becomes, mm. it's about us yeah. instead of it being about him, about affirming, you know, if I'm affirming my son saying, oh, but I love you. I got to run out the door, but I, you are worth it. And I want you to know that I love you and that you are important to me. No matter how little time I have, we can maybe do risk later. But my perfection in the moment doesn't need to impact our relationship. And I, I think it's important for us to remember that God just wants that relationship with us. He does not require our perfection. That's what Jesus did. And so it's, it's about the relationship with him and just opening that door every single morning and never forgetting that we, um, he has decided that we are worth it. Hey, y'all wanted to pop in here and tell you about something that has been making my life a little bit easier. So you know that we got a puppy in May and I love him. I've done this before and I didn't really love our first puppy, but I really love Charlie. He's so sweet and I kind of feed him better food than I feed my kids. Shh, don't tell any of the mom police, but I do. And yet I don't love having to go to store to store to store to get all the like the healthy dog treats. So I've been using Thrive Market. What it is is an online membership-based market with a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Now, don't get me wrong. I still got the boys something. They delivered to my house. I did not have to go anywhere. A box of treats for Charlie and these like healthier version of Swedish fish for the boys. Also some more soap because we're trying to be healthy and clean. What's fantastic is when I went on their website, I could search for you know, if I wanted to check out clean, beauty, safe supplies, non-toxic home, ethical meat, sustainable seafood, if you want to check out a specific diet like keto or non-GMO or fair trade certified, you can go and look through their 70 plus different diets and find products that meet your needs. And if you order over $49 worth of stuff, it's going to be shipped for free. So if you want to check it out, go to thrivemarket.com DMA. Join today and you're going to get a free gift of your choosing up to $24 in value. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, thrivemarket.com slash DMA to start your risk-free membership and you're going to get a free gift, thrivemarket.com slash DMA. And shh, on the Charlie treats, okay? So um, habit building. Yeah, I think labels are really, really important. I think hope in who we can be is very important. And, you know, I could share lots of tips and tricks on habit building, but I really think the things that tend to 
hold people back more often are the things in our head and those labels that we put on ourselves. And I just want to encourage everybody listening that literally who you are today can be completely different than who you are in five years or 10 years, no matter how old you are, no matter what you've done, no matter, you know, any personality tendencies you've had in the past with God, nothing is impossible. So if we really believe that, then anything is possible. So you might think you're not a morning person. Maybe you have certain challenges or whatever. But if you have a goal to start your day with Jesus and you have a plan like the three-minute morning and you just stick to it, even when you fall off track, then you're going to make progress in that habit. There's a, a quote that says, the difference between a master and a beginner is that the master has failed more times than the beginner has even tried. Mm. And I think that is just so true. I think we can learn so much from our failures. And if we choose to be students in our moment of quote unquote failure, and instead of taking on that shame, take it on as an educational moment, then we're going to keep moving forward and we're going to keep learning. As far as tips, like super practical habit building tips, I I think a few are just go with something tiny. There's a professor at Stanford University. His name is Dr. BJ Fogg. Yeah, he talks about just the power of tiny habits. So if he has a student that wants to brush their teeth more consistently or floss their teeth, he'll say, okay, I want you to just make a commitment to not floss all your teeth, but just make a commitment to floss one tooth, Mm. which sounds like ridiculous and who's going to commit to that? But the idea is that it's not like we're ever going to say, I'm just too tired to floss my tooth or (laughs) I don't have time to floss my tooth. And that's really the idea behind the three minute morning. It is a tiny habit. You have three minutes, right? Whatever your situation is, you have three minutes. And if you need to cut that down into 90 seconds and just do 30 seconds of each so that you can begin those habits that day, then do that. Focus on the tiny habit, the next thing you can do that's small enough that it's easy for you to do. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, be 100% committed to it. Because when we're 98% committed, then that's all the squirrels on the road, we're we're 98% committed, right? (laughs) When we are 100% committed, it removes our decision fatigue because we have, you know, 35,000 whatever decisions every single day, and we get exhausted, even if it's first thing in the morning. But if we're 100% committed that, hey, I'm going to take first thing in the morning, these three things, no matter how much time I have, I'm going to make it a priority. When you have that tiny habit that you can do, no matter if you're sick, no matter if you're traveling, no matter where you are, no matter if you have your Bible or not, um, because you have verse memorized or whatever, when you have a tiny habit like that and mix it with a 100% commitment to do that every single morning, it's going to be so much easier to keep going. And then if you also wrap all of that in grace for yourself, that the goal isn't perfection right now, but it's who you're going to be when you're 90 years old. Because stopping now isn't going to get you to be the person that you want to be when you're 90. But failing and starting and failing and starting is what's going to get you there. Look at you. It's good. So I told you I learned a little bit about this habit change last week. And the first step was exactly like figuring out what is the thing I want to change. And someone listening, it, it may not be the morning habit, but maybe it's a different habit in your day uh, that's not working in this, I feel like we all entered a totally different way of life and possibly added some really negative habits to our life. And so 
now we're at this place where we might have to pay attention and say, okay, what's something that is not working for me? And if we keep doing it, what is it costing me? Like figuring out the cost I've heard is really important to changing a habit. So with the three minute morning, what is it costing me not to do it? Well, I, I remember, (laughs) I remember those mornings, Bruce waking me up and I'm like, so angry to then have to meet everybody's needs and be on an on-demand, they ask for something, I'm responding instead of being ahead a little bit of my kids and having order to my day a little bit beyond just reacting and responding. So I don't know if you're sitting right here and you're listening and you're like something popped into your head, an area of your life that is not working, what is it costing you to just keep doing it that way? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. do you have something that popped up during COVID that you wanted to kind of adjust? You, you, this is going to sound silly, but I, I feel like it's a good example of what we can change and then what's possible. So it's a totally silly example, but um, I've always loved music. And I've always wanted to be able to sing and play the guitar. And I've hacked at the guitar over the years. I never really figured out singing. I still would never sing in front of anybody. I sing in my tiny little clothes, making sure my family can't hear me. But growing up, somebody close to me would often tell me, like, make little comments like, wow, you really don't have any rhythm. Or, oh, uh, you can't keep a tune like so-and-so can keep a tune. Just, and it was a very significant person in my life that didn't do that about anything else. So I don't know why that was. So it always stuck with me. And I generally am a confident person in my ability to learn things in any other area. But this is one area that just always felt very held back in because of the label that either had been put on me and that I had also chosen to believe. Well, and it sounds like you have that exact phrase memorized. Yes. Yeah. Internally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure a lot of you listening probably also have these phrases about whatever has been a challenge for you over the past few months. And I just decided, well, can I learn this? And so I decided to ask myself three questions. Is it possible to sing? Is it possible to learn to play the guitar? Well, yeah, it is possible for somebody, for anybody. Is it possible for me? Well, I have a voice and I have (laughs) fingers. So (laughs) technically it is possible for me. So then the next question is, so what's my plan? So Mm. I just decided to practice a few certain worship songs every single day and play along with like the YouTube video. Um, And then am I willing to commit? So is it possible? What is my plan? Am am I willing to commit? And if we can have those three things, I like to kind of sum them up as confidence, clarity, and commitment. Mm -hmm. And literally you can do anything. And not that I would ever pull out my guitar on this podcast or (laughs) anywhere (laughs) But I can sing songs that I never could sing before, and I can play and sing at the same time songs that I could never sing and play before um, because I just had, I chose to believe that it was possible, and I had a plan, and I committed to it. And I think that's true for all of you listening, no matter, literally, no matter what it is. Now, if I wanted to dunk a basketball, I'm five foot four Asian woman. <laughs> <laughs> the odds are low, but you know, my Olympic dreams are still open at 45. So I'm not, I'm not going to hang anything up, yeah. but you know, it's unlikely, but for most of us, anything that we're truly passionate about, it is possible. Mm-hmm. It might may or may not be what God is calling you to. And so that's, I think that's an important thing to remember in the process, but whatever it is that you're wanting to change or improve, whether it's your morning routine, whether it's your parenting, whether it's your marriage, whatever it might be, if you believe that it's possible with God, if you have a plan 
And if you're committed to it, then you can only progress. I think that's good. And I think um, your plan sounded like it was very internally accounted for, like you were the one making sure you stuck to the plan. I think um, my thing is a more negative habit that I wanted to (laughs) replace with a positive. So I noticed that because of COVID, I would be on my phone more checking different things, trying to keep up with all the news. And so now that my boys are back in school, um, mine are all thankfully not at home at the second. I feel like they will be sent home any moment. I'm holding it very loosely. I'm trying to finish my book edit. So I'm just like, just wait till I have turned this back in. Anyway, I noticed that when they're home from school, I'm still checking a lot, my phone, whether it's emails, whether it's text messages, whether it's social media. And so I decided that what that's costing me is being fully present when my kids are home and that some things that were tripping me up is this false belief that I needed to keep tabs on everything and that I, it was for my work or that I'm going to miss out. And there's also that just dopamine hit that's built into phones. I mean, we all know that. So what I decided was my plan would be that my phone would either be in my purse or plugged in. We have a little station for phones and that I would check it only twice, only twice from when they're home to when I go to bed. So it's like someone might call or there might be something, but if I know that I'm giving myself a chance to check it those two times, it reduces my like constant going to it. I also found that I would go to it in a stressful moment. Like if Mm -hmm. everyone's fighting or I'm feeling overwhelmed or I would, it feels like an easy thing. Like you were saying at the beginning of our show to feel like I'm actually being productive when I don't know what to do with the parenting things. So my other part of my plan is picking three people that I wanted to support me that I told about this plan. I gave them a date to text me to check in over the next 30 days. So I said, okay, I texted and said, this friend, I want you to text me on this date and check on me. This friend, I want you to text me on this date and check on me. And um, I want you to say this. I want you to say something positive, like, are you able to stay fully present and check two times during the afternoon? So something that's not like, you're such an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. an encouragement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. And just kind of holding that vision, like you kind of, that vision of you were able to play a worship song. That's the goal, right? That you mm-hmm. would be able to play that. And my goal is that I could be present with my kids and doing the things that God's assigned to me instead of constantly feeling like I'm missing out. So, mm-hmm. you know, another thing you could do is a lot of times when we're trying to break a habit. So a, a habit is is built up of a cue, a routine, and a reward. And I, I love how you kind of deconstructed your habit that you're wanting to break, which I think is an important thing to do. If there's something we're wanting to not do anymore, we need to deconstruct that habit. So you recognized that you would check it in stressful moments. So that stress was your cue. Maybe boredom is a cue. Mm -hmm. And then your routine was to pick up the phone and then to check things. And your reward was that dopamine hit. So if we can interrupt at any point in that process, then we can interrupt that habit. So, you know, if at your cue, instead of going to your phone for like, oh, I'm feeling stressed, I'm going to go hug my kid, or I'm feeling stressed, I'm going to go for a walk. So if you can replace your response to that cue with something else, especially something else that's going to 
lead you away from that. Like a walk, if you leave your phone at home, is going to lead you away from going to your phone or hugging your kid is going to lead you toward interacting with them instead of going back to your phone. Or, you know, if you make it past the queue and you pick up your phone, putting on, you know, a time limit. You can even make it one minute so it always pops up so you always have to enter your password Mm. in order to use the device. And just finding ways to interrupt at those different places um, is a great way to to break the habit. And I love how you deconstructed that. And you also did something um, called decision design. So the way that we lay out our lives or our homes impacts the decisions we make. If we have a bowl of candy on our dining room table, we're probably going to eat candy. If we have a bowl of fruit, we're probably going to eat fruit. So as we decorate our house, it can impact the decisions we make. So by having that phone station and having a place to put your phone, that's called decision design. You're, you're saying this is where the phone goes and that's helping me make the decision that the phone doesn't go in my back pocket. Mm. Um, so you use a lot of things that can really help you to break that habit. And I love the accountability thing that you did as well. Yeah. How have you all with Hello Mornings? I know that's kind of wrapped up in some of what you do. Is that still a part of it? Accountability or not? Um, We have groups. Um, So whenever we have a Bible study, we have groups. I am transitioning it a little bit more because before a lot of what we did was, you know, online and I'm really trying to encourage people to build accountability with people in their own lives and to gather yeah. their own people. Yeah. Um, so we don't do as much of that ourselves as we did before, but I am trying to create the site and in particular our membership, the Hell Mornings Academy. I'm trying to create it in a way that there are a lot of accountability elements built in like little things like badges you can earn or just little things like that, that can help us to build the habit and, and really ultimately just coming down to, to training and teaching people how habits work. Cause they're not uh, a mythical thing that are hard to, to do. We just need the knowledge and the environment that encourages us to keep moving forward in that. And so just trying to create that and, and, and share that information on how to build habits, because once we build a habit, it's kind of like, you know, Lewis and Clark, it took them, what, six months to get to the Pacific Ocean. And now we can cross the country in just a matter of days. That's because they, you know, they forged the path. And every time we do an action, we're building a neural pathway to make it smoother and easier to repeat that action in the future. So um, all these different habits that we're building, if we can just keep doing them, it gets easier and easier. No matter how many times we fail in between, the path is still forged and we can just make it easier until it's like an interstate instead of a cross-country hiking trek. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I've been thinking of how they talk about it at my boys' school with how they're habit building so that things become easier for them with parenting, the power of learning this too, like the little bit of effort to reinforce habits helps you as a parent. The trick is when you have to switch it. <laughs> so, mm. Like we had this little cubby where the boy's shoes went in our kitchen and it worked fantastically for years. And then their feet got big and their <laughs> shoes got bigger. And so it had not four boys, multiple pairs of shoes did not fit in this little cubby in the kitchen. And so then I switched to these boxes that were in like an Ikea bookshelf. Have you seen that where you like, open? yeah, anyway, and that's what they each had a bin and oh my goodness to switch. It took a really long time because I I moved where the shoes go. And one boy who has the littlest feet, he still puts it in that little cubby because it's just ingrained in him. 
Yeah, it becomes something that he doesn't need to think about. So that whole decision fatigue that we were talking about earlier, when it's a habit, it's literally like they've done studies on people who have had like, what is it, like lobotomies and, yeah. and, and different situations where they will not remember what they just ate, but they can walk to the grocery store mm. because it's just ingrained into a different part of their brain where they don't need to use, I think it's like their prefrontal cortex. It's like ingrained into their amygdala that they don't need to think about it. Their body just does it. And so it's kind of like hiring cleaners. You just, you don't need to think about it anymore. It can just be, okay, what am I going to focus on now? You're like making more space in your RAM Mm -hmm. to do the next thing. And, and while I'm sure the change was hard, the boys all had the trigger in their brain that, oh, my shoes go somewhere. (laughs) They don't just go in the middle of the hallway. Right. Right. And I will tell y'all, there's my, there's my mom hack for the the episode is just do that. It'll save your sanity. And I keep socks downstairs. I don't Mm. keep socks upstairs because typically you wake up and you're barefoot and you put on shoes before you leave. And those shoes and socks are downstairs. Anyway, smart. If you have a one story house, that doesn't really apply, but it's really helpful because it was just so much more work to go get the socks upstairs, come downstairs, get the shoes. Anyway, thinking through your house, what's important for your family? What's a habit that would help you make life simpler and I think your point of it frees up RAM space. If we're feeling overwhelmed and depleted, what is going to help you not feel that way in a world that is so different than maybe it was a year ago? Is there anything that like you've switched up that's helping save some RAM space when you're dealing with all the kids and everything? Honestly, coming up with different systems, and that sounds fancy, and I don't mean for it to sound fancy, but how can I do less? So one thing that I've been doing lately that has been just (laughs) life-changing is... I, if I'm going to make, um, like, say we're going to have like taco bowls, so taco meat and rice and beans and veggies, I'll just buy like triple the ingredients and then those meal prep little box things that you can get. And then we'll eat dinner and then I'll just spend like 15 minutes portioning them out into all these different meal prep things. And so I don't know if you ever, have you ever read The Giver or seen the movie The Giver? No. Anyway, there's like it's like this dystopian society, and like they sit down for the meal, and they have this little, <laughs> they have this little black box that they each have for their meal. So I feel a little <laughs> like I'm in a dystopian society when I tell my family, "Oh, there's fresh, healthy, homemade meals in the freezer." But we have this giant outside freezer, and it's just filled with all these like complete little meals, and anybody can pick what they want to eat for dinner, and. I don't always use that as my dinner backup, but it has been so amazing because everybody's home all the time. It's feeding now, them all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and everybody wants food. And, and it's not like they've been in the fields all day and <laughs> they get back to dinner and they're hungry. They've been grazing in our house all day. Yeah, so right, nobody's right, right. really hungry for whatever I make. They want specific things. So it's been so helpful just for them to be able to go to the freezer and get the thing that they want. Not every little night. restaurant. But yeah, it's like With a little choices. to go. It's like a little. You to need go. a restaurant menu on the outside. That's like in right? drawer number two. These are your options. Yep. Oh so that's gosh. been. Um, that's your little hack for yeah making life simpler in this season. As I make certain meals, I will just triple the recipe, and then as I'm putting away leftovers, put them into little things, and then I'll have. You know, sometimes. When you say little things, this is something from like Amazon that you order, like a little plastic. Or, I got it at Walmart. Go. Is it something yeah. you reuse or you throw away? 
I reuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just like they're like black with the with a clear lid on it. And then I'll usually label it with whatever's whatever the meal is because sometimes the frost makes it so you can't see it. <laughs> um so it really it looks like a date, so it's not like seven months later. Yeah, it, it if you open my freezer, it can look like I'm a little creepy. <laughs> But I'm not. I'm not really that organized. I just like to save time and I don't love to cook. And this has been a very easy way to not feel like I need to order takeout. Yeah, that's a money saver right there. Yeah. Because what I found too is they were bored with my options. Mm. And they're like, can't we just get canes is a big thing here. You have canes. Mm-hmm. Here we, go. we have canes, yeah. Can we just get canes? Which is mm-hmm. like a $70 commitment <laughs> to get all of us canes. Like, no, there's something in the fridge. You just don't want the thing that's in the fridge. Yes. You want something hot and fresh and fatty, whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I just feel like a better mom too when I know that it's a home cooked meal. Yeah, right. Right. I, I you feel are such I guess, a good mom. I tend to feel guilty when we eat out. I'm not sure if anybody else can relate to that, but I tend to feel guilty if we late it. Like, I didn't do a thing I was supposed to do. And so mm. knowing mm. that that's there is helpful to me. I think that having teenage boys, I gave up on the whole like healthy eating because the sheer number of calories, like my son came home from school and he's and the nutritionist met with us and she told us we need to eat. And I think it was like four or 5,000 calories because of their football practice. Oh my goodness. A day, I can imagine. Yeah. A day. And I can't, if I'm feeding them healthy foods, no, that's not, I'm not going to get to that number. So we got to load up on the junk. So you just kind of meet that caloric. And I think what we grew up hearing was healthy Mm -hmm. is different than what is considered healthy. (laughs) That's so true. Now, you know, like Like a giant muffin for breakfast. That was healthy back in the day. But like Mm -hmm. my husband's eating healthy, but he's eating, you know, tons of meat and avocados and fat and and all those things. And so I think our understanding of how different foods impact our body. Yep. Yep. It's changed. Yeah. I'm, we have snake. Snake. We don't have snake. <laughs> we have steak night once a week because I know I can get a lot of meat in them yes. and potatoes. I mean, literally, when they say meat and potatoes, it's a true thing. It's a real mm-hmm. thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's a real thing. Kat, we could talk for days, and I know we have because we're friends. We have. Yeah. Um, but I really, I really appreciate your wisdom and your help. And I hope, y'all, that you will take the time to consider what in your day is taking extra energy that doesn't need to. Could you consider how a morning routine could shape the direction of your day and start small with three minutes and follow Hello Mornings if you need more inspiration and accountability and Bible studies and just direction? HelloMornings.org. Is that yep, the, that's okay. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hellomornings.org. Where can they find you on the Instagram? You we'll know, put you the links in the show notes. Sort of find me at Hello Catly, <laughs> but I don't, I'm not really on social media a ton, which is good. So that's kind of that's because you're in your it. closet playing your music. Because I'm in my closet playing my music, and you know, living yeah. your best life. I, I, I that's been my, one of the things that I've had to step back from because it did feel like. If I would post something, then I would want to check it, and then I would spend my time in a way that I didn't want to. So, so wise. Definitely something I want to expand on because I know it's a blessing to people. But hmm. can be not where I am right. True. Yes. Yes. Well, it's your priorities. You have decided. Yeah. And I and think that's great. Can I just say, just to everybody listening, just one last reminder that, and God 
loves you and he is for you and he is available to you every single morning when you wake up you have somebody cheering for you and with a great plan for your day and so it's not just about the morning routine or checking anything off but it's about tapping into the one thing that's going to help you the most each day and i hope that if you walk away from anything from this episode it's just that he is with you and that he is for you and he is available to you every single day preach it that's it that's all you need to know moms you know what i was reading in my time with the lord about this verse it was it was quoted in a new testament verse and i went back to find the original old testament verse and I always like to look at what's my part, what's God's part. And my part, it said, was to know and understand God, mm. to know and understand God. And it was his part to exercise justice, kindness, and righteousness. Like, And I heard from God. He just said, stay close and follow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot easier than all the other voices telling me to do all the millions of things. But that was for me. That was for Heather. That was in my time. And so, yeah, making time to hear from the God of the universe, it's, n- it's never going to be wasted Mm-mm. of all of the minutes of your day. Three. Okay. Well, Kat, you're amazing. Keep going, being faithful to God and his voice in your life. And thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited just to get to chat with you and chat with everybody listening. So I'm glad you asked me. Okay. Don't miss our 300th episode giveaway. I'm going to be posting it over on Instagram and Facebook, I am giving away, drumroll please, a Cultivate What Matters power sheet set for 2021. We all are looking forward to a fresh start, right? We're just like dreaming that all of a sudden, magically, the year is different. I'll tell you what I love about Cultivate What Matters. This is not sponsored, but they have sent me the power sheets over the last several years, and I meet with friends in January, and we go over them. And honestly, I'm not a future thinker. I'm not a planner. But for some reason, the way these are set up, it helps me identify what areas of my life need a little attention and really practical, tiny steps to move in the direction of how I want my life to be. And I can look back and see that I have been cultivating what matters to me. Like I have been seeing, oh, I want to focus in on my health. I want to focus in on my relationship with my boys, or I want to focus in on the book. I mean, literally, it helped keep me accountable to take the steps, to write the proposal, to write the book. Anyway, y'all, keep an eye out on Instagram, Don't Mom Alone, and Facebook, Don't Mom Alone, for the giveaway. I'm going to post it probably October 14th of 2020, if you're listening to this in the future, so you might have missed it. Uh, The other thing is on Patreon, I'm going to be hosting in the next, like in two weeks, a combo with my friend Leslie Johnson. She was my very, very first ever guest on the show. She also has become a life coach. And this last year, she has been coaching me through some sticky times in my process of book writing and just life. And so I want to share her with my Patreon, my patrons. So go to patreon.com slash don'tmomalone, become a patron, and you will get access to that conversation that's going to happen probably late October. All right, let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you that you never expect perfection from us. I thank you that your goal and hope is that we would live an abundant life that we wouldn't let the enemy to tell us lies that because something's hard, that we are bad, that we are less than, that you would free moms 
from the burden that because this season is hard, she is doing something wrong or something is wrong with her. May this episode inspire her to sit in your presence for a minute and let you pour truth over her about how you see her and her value and worth as a human created by you, a soul that you love outside of anything she does, that she is completely valued and worthy because you say she is, that she's already been claimed as your daughter, that she is already guaranteed eternal presence with you. I thank you, God, for Kat and her ministry and how it has so impacted me. May you bless her today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, meet me back here next week. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.